good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. What up, y'all? This is MCM, and you're listening to your Probably Right podcast. I got a special one out here for you today. All right, so check it out. There's many people who are wondering what they need to be looking for when it comes to buying a new built home. Um, And I've realized over the past little while that it is actually harder and more involved than you really think. Now, of course... You get into good situations where there's nothing to really nitpick about, but then not necessarily at the same time. Anyhow, this is MCM and you're listening to your Probably Right podcast. And the title of this episode is called Before You Buy, A Comprehensive Guide to New Home Purchases. Now, listen to me. I am not a professor. I do not profess to be a professor of anything close to real estate i'm not a real estate agent i'm just a lowly citizen um if you know this this uh, podcast you know that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and i'm not a real estate lawyer either (laughs) um just somebody who has a little bit experience and i i wanted to pass it on um as you know, this is pretty much how this this podcast goes. For those of you who've listened many, very many times, many, very many times, <laughs> who's who's listened many times, I don't know what it is. Every time I put my things on one screen, and I gotta switch something around here for a second, on guys, it's like it throws off my whole thing. I now we good. So, anyways, you might wanna <laughs> totally go away with whatever I was saying just now. Or maybe not. But anyways, I'm happy to see or hear the fact that you have clicked on this and I see the numbers going up and the engagement is going up and people are listening for longer and listening to longer and more also more podcast um, episodes. So let's get at it. I actually might end up changing the name of this one. I'm trying to make it like really stand out and probably before you buy is probably not the best title I could probably come up with. I could try something more catchy, but I mean, at the end of the day, I'm trying to put all this stuff embedded into the actual um, sound file. So we'll see if it actually works. Apparently you were supposed to record and you're supposed to embed the actual um, transcript into the audio file. So it makes it easier for um, different um, places on the internet to pick it up, different browsers and whatever. Anyhow, That's a little background for those who are thinking of doing a podcast. (laughs) Well, you won't be able to rival mine, so you might as well not waste your time. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) All right, here we go. So first question, and really check out the description and pass this on to somebody you know who might be um, thinking about buying or maybe even going through the buying process. And I am talking mainly about what goes on in the GTA, and that's in the greater Toronto area. I'm in Ontario, Canada, but I'm sure if your municipality, your province, your state, whatever, has a new buyer um, warranty program, then this probably, most of it will probably still um, affect you. So maybe listen up. I'm going to do my best. And listen, (laughs) I'm going to be straight up with you. I've only been a part of a few new home buys and they all have been by a builder now i'm not saying that and none of these homes have were um like you know i went up to a builder and say hey build me this house it wasn't that it was like a builder was buying i'm making say 30 homes 40 homes they're basically building a couple streets kind of like a street a couple streets worth of homes and um so they're mass producing i still consider that mass producing so They might have five or six or 10 different elevations um, 
on the same plot of land that they're building and they're building them all one after one one after another one after another kind of thing <clears throat> and i will honestly tell you just straight up before i even answer any of these questions that the first um, experience i had was a good experience but now that i look back on it when there was a couple or a few questionable things um and even with my parents experience i guess i guess you can add that one as well and that was over uh 35 years ago there was a lot of there's there's still things that are wrong that should have been fixed within the last within the first say two to five years but weren't they were lackadaisical and um can i blame it on the fact that they were um immigrants to this country and they didn't know and they didn't want to rock the boat possibly um I, I would say probably like honestly if if i knew what i know now and i was with them then things wouldn't have went that way so as i said before this episode is probably really really important and i probably didn't start it off that great so hopefully i didn't lose too many people but if you're still with me stick around okay all right here we go the first question can you walk us through your experience in purchasing a new home from the very beginning what were the initial steps that stood out to you um well this isn't really about the whole process so but i i mean i can talk i can talk a little bit about the experiences that i've had and um what has happened in the, say the last eight to ten years in canada is when you um, want to get a new built from um, some of the more popular um, builders like um, Mad of Me or maybe back in the day it was John Body or um, I'm not I'm not gonna name drop but anyhow <laughs> just um, some of the more popular builders you had to stand outside and wait this might have been I mean I've I've experienced the fact of sitting in my car from say 3 a.m. to say eight or nine when they actually open um, in a line in you know the depth charge whatever it is I'm waiting for a home just to find out that the one that I wanted to pick one time was actually picked by somebody who came in maybe two minutes before the office actually opened and they just walked in the back door they had a backdoor deal I guess um, I've also stood out in the rain and the snow with a whole bunch of other people maybe say there was 200 people waiting outside or say 200 families or 200 groups of people when there was probably only 60 houses available um that's not fun <laughs> then you got to figure out how to find well hopefully you have your down payment um hopefully you you have enough people signing on this house to to sign and pass the stress test um, hopefully you don't have too many people because I think banks even look at it a little bit skeptical if you have a lot but don't quote me on that maybe it works with nine people or eight people but of course if somebody wants to go this way and that way somebody wants to sell chances are you don't want too many names on a home because it probably won't do you well unless it is just an investment property but even if it's an investment property there's always going to be someone who wants to jump the gun and somebody who wants to hold on for a little bit longer but I guess if you want to hold on a little longer then you probably just buy out the individual that want to get out and i guess that would take for you to get the house appraised in the actual market on that street to see what it's worth if you had to buy out say one of your partners or your family members or whatever it is um yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna not go much farther than that because i want to make sure i don't step into all the other questions i want to keep this as simple as possible okay also <laughs> because i you know the questions are here but i i mean i do want to just talk as you know me and you just talking here um i don't want it to be so rigid and just kind of unless it has to be it needs to be rigid but um the initial steps i mean if you have the money and you you know you got to put it away because say you're buying a new built then i would say strongly suggest investing your money instead of just leaving it a bank account invest it but be careful with that because sometimes you know you have to pay um, when you when you make income. So when you you have to pay interest off of the interest that you make, it might not even be worth it to um, invest in a small thing, unless of course you're 
investing into a business that you are sure that you're going to be able to pull out the money by time the house is supposed to close or the condo if that was the if that was your case okay so that's pretty much all i'll give you so far hopefully these questions will kind of draw us through it and i, I will if i have anything to add at the end i'll add it i'm not sure how in depth these questions really will help me take you into this experience um let's see when you started the process of buying a new home what were your initial expectations especially in terms of the builder's responsibility and the warranty um well I'll go backwards. The warranty I wasn't really worried about because I know like here in Canada or in Ontario, you have to get um, a Tyrion warranty. And um, Tyrion is pretty good dealing with them. Um, some have suggested that they might be in bed with um, the builders or, you know, maybe there's a little payola kind of uh, kickback situation, you know, like kind of like a doctor pronouncing a person dead, but um, and saying it's natural causes rather than um, physician malpractice or something like that. I, I don't know if those things really exist in Canada, but um, obviously going on a way morbid topic, but I wouldn't be surprised. Let's just say that. Um, but um, when you start the process of buying the home, you honestly should do your homework with the builder that you are going with. And, you know, you heard me say, uh, uh, say, I won't say John Body, but say Anatomy Homes is very popular at this time that I'm doing this podcast. It's probably uh, sloughed off a little bit now. Um, but make sure you go with a reputable builder. Um, but do, <laughs> buyer beware, do understand that even builders have their bad, um, bad projects. Because you're a builder, you're putting up the money, you're getting your designs, but you know, from, from the get-go, you're going, th you're going through someone who's designing the building, usually an architect that usually works with your company or they freelance or whatever it is, but you're at their mercy um, to, you know, usually try to update, you know, try to bring in the new types of um, structures and they may or may not be good um, at what you're looking at. And what I mean by this is there's a lot of homes that were mass produced, as I say, when I say mass produced, I'm talking about a builder who's making say 30 to 40 to 50 homes at once. But what I've realized is there's certain things that you, you look at say at the outside of the home, but some things won't make sense. In other words, if you're only getting a house that say has between 2000 to maybe 3,800 um, square feet home, the chances of you getting a balcony at the front at, on top of your garage or in front of the, the home that is actually a balcony that you can actually use are very slim. If it's a mass produced kind of a, a home built um, because a lot of the stuff is faked. They, they want these homes at the sizes that I was talking about just now to look like a home that was say 5,000 to 10,000 square feet. So they'll do things that kind of make it look like those bigger, more expensive homes that won't really make any sense and will not be used. Um, it's kind of like, you know, when you have those, those houses nowadays, they have those attic windows, but there's not actually an attic up there. You understand? As I said, the veranda or the balcony is not really a balcony. It, it, goes back into a window instead of a doorway where somebody would normally walk out if it was really one of those elaborate rich homes you understand you may or may not want that i mean we used to have a house where we had one of those fake type balconies and i wanted to put a whole bunch of christmas decorations and blow up dolls and stuff like that up there and i had to like stand on something and shimmy out of the window and get stuff thrown up to me and <laughs> whatever it is and you know really really think about what you're doing when you're um getting your home and here's a trick because i may not remember later so i'll say it now thinking of the little upgrades you know at least curb appeal if you are thinking of doing the pot light thing outside of your home but you don't want the builder to do it and i'm saying you don't want to because you probably don't want to get the builder to do it because the builder tends to mark up all of their upgrades i would say at least when i looked at the price list and the, the the most recent builder and even the last one 
the stuff's marked up probably 75%. So in other words, if you didn't get it done at all, it would probably be 75% cheaper if you just got it done afterwards. The only problem with doing that is with certain things, you um, void your warranties. So you got to be careful with that. So as far as the pot lights, which I was alluding to a little while ago, if you get one pot light put at the front of your home, say on a corner, it makes it 10 times easier for you to get an electrician to not splice, but extend from one way to the other. Those pot lights, you know, on the siding or by the roof, I don't even know what it's called, but like underneath the eavesdrop, you, um, it makes it so much easier for a person who's maybe not a super duper electrician, but, um, it makes it easier if they have one light. So think about putting in one pot light at least by the builder. And then it makes it easier for you, for you to get someone in to, um, give you 25 <laughs> to 30 more pot lights. Hopefully you got that. Um, what else we got? Let's see. And I mean, as far as my expectations are, I mean, I only had the expect expectations as far as I know that it is, it, it's humans that are putting these things together and that the builder is the builder. Again, they are at the mercy of their architect. And then they're also at the mercy of their actual craftsmen, their handymen, their, their, um, the tradesmen that work on the home. So you could, and this is what I was saying, you could have a good builder, unfortunately have to hire a bunch of not so good, um, workmen and, um, your house may not come out exactly how you think about it. So that's where the warranty really, really, really comes into effect. And it's really, 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 really important. Um, and what I noticed, there are a lot of people who are new to Canada, first generation Canadians who are purchasing homes here, who have no clue what to do when it comes to um, the process, the full process of getting their home built in the proper way for themselves and don't really have ways of advocating for themselves a lot of the time. So my main thing I would tell a person is make sure you get English speaking advocacy when it comes to buying a new home and not even necessarily English speaking, not just English speaking, because if you're new to the country and say you're coming from one of the islands or, you know, where you come from, they speak English and they teach English. You still don't know the little nuances of purchasing a new home in a new place. And if you're not big on advocacy for yourself, then you're in a world of hurt. Okay. So I guess I could tell you, so advocacy, that means get your family members, people you trust and worst comes to worst, get a building inspector to do your home inspection with you. Don't just do it by yourself. And it's best if you have a team there. And hopefully I'll get into that a little bit more later. Okay. Can you describe the specific challenge or difficulties you encountered during the construction of your new home? How did these hurdles impact your overall experience? Well, <laughs> the challenges that um, I faced um, during the construction was, of course, the time that they put off. So if you got a house and you say, we're going to build it and it's going to be built in two years, understand the chances of it being built right within two years in Ontario, from my experience are slim to almost none, but I mean, it could happen, but generally there'll be a few um, extension dates, especially with all the supplier issues that they say there are now. Um, you're waiting for wood, you're waiting for little things to be shipped over from different places. And you know, usually I would say a house that is supposed to be built in two years will probably be built in two and a half years, possibly two and three quarters of a year. Um, yeah. And these impact, how do they impact? Well, for instance, if you purchased a home, say two or three years ago, and now you're finally closing, 
the way the market happened to go this time is you really got messed up as far as um, how much you're paying on your mortgage if you're purchasing a home and you have to have a mortgage which most people do have to have a mortgage um, the only other side is that you can flip it and what I mean by flipping it obviously is you can just you know close and then sell because in this market um, not only did the interest rates go up for how much you're gonna have to pay if you have a mortgage but your purchasing price um, was probably it went up probably say 500,000 for a lot of the homes which is amazing for a lot of places and I don't know the percentage I'm just saying because I think I've seen <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say um, let's see considering the significance of customer service in such transactions how did the builder responsiveness align with your initial expectations were there instances that stood out were positive positively or negatively whether positively or negatively um this plays a huge significance on your purchase the customer service um i've experienced where you have builders who will try to give you exactly what you want and try to do their best and you have some who will really really gouge you when they send you into their presentation center you'll end up spending anywhere from 50,000 to almost 100,000 and maybe even more in upgrades if you really want like the high ceilings that they weren't if they weren't coming with it you know the standard um, and fixtures and maybe you want a separate entrance which I would certainly 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 suggest if you're getting a new home built before you worry about pot lights before you worry about light fixtures and amazing um what's it called fireplaces make sure if it is possible get a separate entrance and if they can build it for you it's better because it won't warrant it won't ruin any of your warranty and if they can even finish your basement that's even better but um the customer service the last time wasn't great because the builder's responsiveness was slacking lacking to say the least um there was a lot of arguments where they didn't want to do what you're asking them to do and they were treating the situation like if it as if it was um, a dictatorship so in that situation i would say it certainly stood out um and when they really are dragging their feet on something <laughs> it doesn't mean that you should give up because it it might mean that you really have um, a valid point on why something should be fixed. Okay. We understand the importance of clear communication. Could you share an example of how important communication, communication affected your overall experience or decision-making process? The only thing I would say with communication is it depends on how many bosses are around. So one thing I'm going to say, if you buy a home and there are a lot of pro problems with that home, do your best to get as high up on the ladder as far as um, power and um, responsibility. Get as high up the ladder as you can right off the bat. There's no point in you arguing with the tradesmen in your home about stuff because they have generally little to no say so on how something is so yes you can find out from the site manager and try to talk to the site manager but even them there's always going to be somebody who's ahead of um, construction that's the person you really want to get to if you have a lot of complaints were there wait let's see hold on Okay, were there any instances where you felt the builder's treatment was unsatisfactory? Could you elaborate on the impact these instances had on your overall status or satisfaction? Well, yes, there were instances where the treatment was unsatisfactory. And as I said, they were cheating us like it was a dictatorship. It was like, we're buying, you're buying my product. Take what I give you. That's the way it's supposed to be. 
and don't tell us how to do our job when they're not realizing that if I'm asking you to build something or I'm getting you, you're buying, you're building something and I'm your customer and you know I'm your customer for a year to two years, then we're in a partnership to make this house look and be livable to the best of your ability. And when we put our heads together, I may see stuff that are unsatisfactory for us. And um, I'm going to say something. And I think it's up to the builder to understand that, that yes, this is an amazing opportunity for them to show their amazing customer service. And I mean, you will pass it on. People come visit your home. Who built this home? Um, they don't, I think some of them don't realize that word of mouth is going to be their best opportunity to, to get more houses sold for whatever reason. I guess they figure it's like one of the biggest, the biggest, um, ticketed items that they don't have to cower to any one home buyer or whatever it is. But I noticed this time they were pretty stiff. And even, um, the last time before that, yes, the house was made good, but again, I found out this time that there's stuff that wasn't good but at that time i think the last one i was just like just happy to be in a new built home i didn't know how did the issues like in incomplete or faulty construction affect not only your property but also your daily life and mental well-being well for instance there was an issue with a certain item in the kitchen <laughs> And let's just say this item was not fixed for four months. And what? We couldn't cook in the, in the, the kitchen, <laughs> for instance. And they, okay, I wouldn't even say it happened. I'm, I would like to give them a little, but nobody knows who I'm talking about. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But let's just say we're still waiting for compensation for having to buy um, takeout every night for four months um and there was sometimes work was going on in the homes where we couldn't even be in the home there's been no um what's it called compensation for for you know sleeping in a hotel or sleeping at a friend's house or renting or doing an airbnb or whatever the case there's been nothing so for this particular um, builder it's been horrible <laughs> is the best way to put it And it certainly affected our uh, daily life. Um, we were all displaced in that home. Um, and it affected our mental because, you know, we were all separated. We weren't sure what time we were going to be woken up by. The, if, you, if you had a day off, you didn't really know it was going to be a day off because you might have had a, a worker that needed to ring the bell and come in your house at any time of the day. Um, we had to start putting notes <laughs> and letting them know not to ring the doorbell past a certain time of day it was like really intrusive and you're totally unsettled and totally unhappy to be frank when you had to stay or you had to meet the people even to come into your house say you were even staying at an airbnb or at a hotel well guess what all of our personal private belongings are all in the home do you want builders just to have a key and fix as they please as you're staying somewhere else with all your items in the house Certainly not, because I can tell you the truth. People do not treat your home as if it is their home. And for instance, um, I had to witness people trying to clean the home. And if you knew the procedure in which they'd go about even catching a pail of water that they're going to clean your floors with and maybe seeing them put the bucket on your counter or in your or in your um, sink where you have dishes, maybe or you have clean dishes close by or whatever it is, they're definitely not going over it as if you would go over it in your own home. They would not adhere to certain health things. And if you're not there, I mean, this is when we're there. So could you imagine if you were not there, what they would do? They'd probably be standing on your couch with their with their shoes. And trust me, walking through your, your house for them with their shoes on, whether it's carpet or hardwood, is not a problem. They will do it if they have the opportunity. So you don't really want to sign off on a house, I guess, first of all, that is not at least 98% done. You don't even want 95 or 90, but somehow this one was, and they were pushing the closing and they were not ready to close. Before you, 
purchasing, what were your expectations regarding the timeline and scheduling for construction process? How were these expectations met or were they all, were there any challenges? Well, we thought that we would be finished closer to two years. Exactly. I mean, of course this was like a COVID situation. So things really got pushed back and everything was blamed on the fact that everything was closed and therefore the prices need to be jacked up for certain things. So, um, expectations kind of had, it was, I mean, it was a one-off hopefully, <laughs> but, um, during COVID purchasing a house before COVID and then trying to close after COVID, not a good process. Okay. Well, actually during COVID, but, um, yeah, government regulations such as Terry play a role in protecting home buyers. Could you share your perspective on the effectiveness of this regulation based on your experience? Okay. This is what I was talking about with advocacy. This is very, 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 very important. Listen, when you're going to do your PDI, okay, I think it's a PDI. Yeah. Your purchase pre delivery inspection. There you go. If you can, <laughs> listen, if you can bring a team of people with you, arm everyone with a roll of green painter's tape. I'm not joking. This is going to save you so much. Make sure you assign people to specific areas so they don't have to go through the tedious points of trying to go through every little room. They, they just had their section. Get your family member or your friends who are the pickiest people you know. And, you know, rip off a piece of tape. Some corners are not right. Edging of tape is not right. Maybe the people who put in your counters scratch the wall every little thing put tape by it and i i can't overstress this enough honestly people you know well it's not that bad it's man, it's man-made so it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be totally symmetrical it doesn't have to be this and it has to be that and you're trying to be nice and i guarantee you when they send in the person for your PDI inspection, they're going to send in the nicest person you will ever meet. And you will be told maybe you have two hours or maybe two and a half hours, but you need as much time as you need. And if there is some cutoff point, you got to ask, why is there a cutoff time? Because if you need to go through the house, and say like in our case where lights weren't working, hot water wasn't working and you're PDIing a house. How can I see? I can't see. It happened to be a rainy day with thunderstorms. So there were certain things that I just couldn't see. And later, if it's not on your on your um, 30 day inspection, if it's not put in now, Terion has a site where you go to and upload your concerns. They'll try to mitigate everything, but they're not going to be able to mitigate everything in your PDI. So this is that the one thing you're going to know if you're PDI in your house today and you're in your the close final close is, say, two days or one day away. They're not fixing that. You are going to be there while they're coming in to fix your house. So you have to mark down as many things as possible. But if you try to do it and say, oh, well, you know, it's my house, it's and nobody else knows. And, you know, I mean, maybe you're a person, you bought a house by yourself and you're going to undertake the, the, the pre-delivery inspection on your own with the, the inspector or whatever it is, whoever they sell, the company that sends them or what, the, son, the company that comes in to do it. Understand that that company has been sent in by the builder. So they're on the builder's side again. So one thing you can do is you get, as I said, your pickiest family members, your pickiest friends that you don't mind coming into your home with you and get them a roll of tape and tell them to go ham. And that's basically, I'm telling you, that's the main point of this thing. <laughs> and I know it sounds dumb. Of course, you're checking your foundation, <laughs> you, but you're not over, you're not overlooking anything. If you see cracked bricks if you miss the missing an elbow of a downspout 
um, that water is just going to go into your the base. If you looking at the plastic waterproofing around the outside of the house and it's exposed, make sure they're ripping it out and pulling it back in. But you have to put these in your 30 day inspection on the computer and Terion's warranty or wherever you live. If they have a website for their warranty, then you need to put that stuff in. It is so important. And I personally, with my own eyes, saw a lot of South Asian family members um, around the neighborhoods and a lot of other Asian members or people even from Europe who just don't speak English, don't know the going-ons in Ontario and Canada, don't speak English very well, and they didn't have an advocate. Some of them didn't even show up. They're out of the country for their PDIs and stuff like that. And trust me, if you're in that situation, unless you get someone to advocate for you who understands or people to advocate for you in making sure that everything is working and everything is tickety-boo, everything is tip-top, when you're closing, you're in for a wild time if you don't do this. Reflecting on, so, oh, so how Terion plays a role is what they do is <clears throat> they are the ones who are going to ensure that the builder um, does a perfect job with, with respects to bad painting, caulking, um, placement of different things that they had to put or agreements that you had or upgrades. Sometimes you upgrade roof. If you're getting a basement done, understand if you're upgrading and you're paying a, a whole bunch of thousands to make sure that you have nine or 10 foot ceilings in the basement of your home. If you're so lucky, you have to understand that you're not getting it nine or 10 feet in every part of the basement. So then you have to really weigh the idea of whether or not it is really worth it because I saw it go left big time in this situation of course it didn't happen to me because <laughs> just blessing we didn't think that we needed to do it so we didn't all right reflecting on your experience how do you believe the builder homeowner relationship could be enhanced by preventing or addressing challenges more effectively in, in the future simply um if i've marked off things fix them and make sure that the workmanship is up to par. And again, from the builder standpoint, if if I didn't see something, because maybe the lights weren't working in a certain place, maybe all electrical wasn't perfect or whatever the situation was, I'm saying it behooves you as a builder just to fix it. Especially if you can see, if your, your workman can see that it's not right here, just fix it. Also, as a home buyer, Understand that whether you're putting hardwood in your kitchen or whether you're putting tiles, make sure you figure out whether there is hardwood or tiles under your, say, island or under your countertops. Because what's happening nowadays is usually the countertops are being placed on top of the plywood, the baseboard. They're not putting the flooring that you're seeing, say, in the kitchen. You're not. It's not going underneath your um, countertops, even though you think it's there. So when you decide to say re-image or <laughs> renovate your home in five to 10 years, if you're still there and it's your so-called forever home, understand you may get a rude awakening when you find out that you can't match the wood or the tiles underneath where your um, countertops were. You may have to rip everything out and do a whole different thing. You may not be able to just change your countertops. In other words, you may have to change the flooring that changed the prices on everything we found out this luckily enough because they didn't um affix the the kick plate to the the island so when we when we were there we're like wait a second where's the rest of this uh hardwood underneath the countertop but underneath the island and it's like when they do the math they figured that it wasn't supposed to be there because they didn't factor in doing underneath so be careful Um, if you could offer any advice to someone currently considering purchasing a new home from a builder, what would be the key points to help them navigate the process? As I said before, advocacy is key. Help. Even if you know the system, even if you speak the language wherever you are, maybe you're in Montreal and you don't speak French, I don't know, but <laughs> or, or Quebec. But um, make sure that you don't go in by yourself. Now, maybe you are the person who wants to floss and you don't want your family members to know. Maybe you don't even know, want them. certain people who would be able to help you in certain situations know where you live. Then find someone else. Maybe I would even, I wouldn't doubt it. I can't remember how much it would cost to get an actual home um, 
or building inspector to actually come in. Maybe you need a from the professional level. I am trust me, seven to a thousand dollars for two hours of work from an, a proper um, team of inspectors. If you don't have a team, family members, or you don't have maybe your family members are not even in the country, and you're going to buy this home for the family, don't go in by yourself. I'm begging you. <laughs> and if you're in the GTA and you're listening to this podcast for a nominal fee, I'll even come in with you. I could probably help you out at this point. I'm almost a pro. <laughs> okay. Were there any pivotal moments during your journey where you felt your rights as a customer were not being given due importance? How did you address such issues? And that's what I was saying to you earlier. And I mean, by going on, sometimes you end up answering half of these questions. But yeah, there were a lot of moments where I feel that my customer, my, my, me as a customer was not respected. They tried to behave like it was a dictatorship. You're buying this home. This is the way we finish your home. This is the way you're going to take it. It's like, no, I'm buying something from you. So you need to make sure that it's up to my specifications. It's up to, or maybe not my specification, but up to the standard that I expect from a new built home, not a fixed home, a new built home. So just for the sake of it, not saying that it happened to me, but if let's just say they cut a hole for your um, hood fan, make sure they have, you know, cause you have to get all your, um, you have to make all your purchases for your appliances um, really early in the process. Make sure that they're cutting things right. And don't take um, an answer like, oh, we can just move the hole. We, we put the hole too low or we put it too high. They may have to pull that whole backsplash out. And it doesn't matter if it's granite or if it's quartz or whatever it is. Make sure you're getting what you paid for. And it's supposed to be a new condition, not necessarily fixed condition because they think they can just patch things up. Not everything, um, not all patchwork is acceptable work. Sometimes it is. I mean, they can putty a wall, um, you know, skim it, whatever it is, and then paint it back and it look brand new and perfect, but not necessarily with other parts of your home. Sometimes they have to rip out and put brand new. It could be flooring, could be it could be granite, or other things. Check for wood damage on your your um, your garage doors, on your cabinets, because a lot of time this stuff just sits outside. And if it goes through cold weather, wet weather, sometimes they get damaged. And then their idea to fix the situation for you was just to paint over it, which you will notice years later, if you're staying there, of course. Given your experience, how has your perception... Hold on a second. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Given your experience, how has your perception of home building industry as a whole been affected? What areas do you believe require improvement? Well, I would say, first of all, of course, the customer service needs to be improved. Um, everybody needs to play their part from the builder to the home buyer to Tarion. Um, you have to hope that Tarion does not have a bias towards your, build, your, your home builder as opposed to you as just a, one individual buying, you know, a million dollar home, let's say, if you can find one. Um, the builder has a lot more to lose, but they also are working with a lot more money than you are. Always. Transparency and honesty, communication are crucial. What measures do you believe could be put in place to ensure that these aspects are maintained throughout the process? Um... As I said, the best thing I can tell you to do is to make sure you're dealing with the top man and little, the little man, the bottom man at the same time, because the person actually doing the finishings, um, maybe seeming weird or excessive, but when the guy's outside fixing your roof or outside fixing your driveway or doing a little work and it's hot out there and you know, most of the home building a lot of time gets done uh, in the summertime, nothing's wrong with being courteous nothing's wrong with being inviting and welcoming and say hey would you like a drink maybe not booze guys but maybe some water maybe a pop you know always have some candida dry everybody seems to love candida dry 
have some hanging around in the fridge, nice and cold. Trust me, the workers will really appreciate it. And it might be something that only costs 70 cents, but that 70 cents will probably go as long as far as giving a, a, a pop or a drink to someone could possibly go. <clears throat> but I would encourage you giving alcohol to people working on your home. That's just nonsense. Unless they're leaving with it and it's a parting gift or something. <laughs> Were there instances, let's see. Were there instances where you had to compromise on quality of your home due to issues originating from the builder's side? How did you manage situ such situations? Um, yeah, honestly, as long as the big things are dealt with, your roof is straight, your foundation is straight, your kitchen is straight <laughs> for most part. Um, if they were crappy painters, yeah, you can demand them paint something over, but a bad paint job in most cases, unless it's, you have one of those ceilings that are like 25 feet high and you know that you'll need a cherry picker to get up there to do it. You need to get those guys to come back in and paint properly. But, um, and we had those situations. We, at one point we were running out to buy a huge chandelier just to find out that they were going to put some crazy charge on us. And then they were told not to do it at all. So, <laughs> be careful. Buyer beware. And um, you know what? I think I'm going to stop it right there. Let's see. See if there's anything other should should touch on. Nah, we don't need this. Just getting rid of. I think I basically covered everything that I wanted to. Let's see. Let's see. Last question. I'll just, let me see. Looking back, what are the most valuable lessons you've learned from this experience? If you had the chance, what advice would you offer to others embarking on similar journey? I think I've already told you advocacy, advocacy, help. PDI. Make sure that you don't get lazy. Go on the Tyrion website and do your 30-day inspection. Make sure, oh, also, when you're taking the pictures, because you're not only supposed to say, let's say there's a doorknob missing on my garage door. Make sure you take a picture. But one thing I'll tell you to make the process easier for you and to not frustrate the worker that may come in from Tyrion or just from the home builder themselves is go room by room and floor by floor. So you may want to start outside, do everything outside before you go inside the house. And sadly, I'll tell you, even if it's raining, even if it's snowing, even if it's freezing, you have to go outside and do this PDI properly. Don't think, oh yeah, I looked fine out there. And if you really want to be picky, I would really suggest if you happen to be blessed enough to have a friend who knows how to work a drone, I would ask them to put that drone up and look at your roof, especially when it's a mass produced product. You never know how quick they had to work and whether everything was put up there. Because when we have one of those crazy windy days in March or May and most of your shingles fall off, <laughs> it's up to you to figure it out. And that's an act of God, I suppose. So that might not even be covered under your warranty. And then once you do get in the house, go room by room. You do the foyer first. You look at the walls. You look at the floor. You look at the quarter round that's at the baseboard, the baseboard itself, the light switches, the, the outlets, are they crooked? Can you put a regular uh, plug into them? Because I realized some of these new ones you can't. I'm just telling you. I experienced it, y'all, and I'm telling you that you can't be too picky. Don't worry about the guy who's there to do the PDI with you. Take your sweet old time. And if you can go through a house, say it is between 2,000 and 3,800 square feet, do not show up at that PDI with less than five people. And you can print off a checklist and make sure that you're in maybe go through and say frequently miss 
or problems in new build homes, check off. Have some kind of a checklist where you are physically looking at. If you have to do this thing by yourself or only you and your partner, your wife, your husband, then I would say the best thing is to make sure that you have a list that you can check off things as you go through. It will help your process so much um, easier and better. Okay, anyhow, this is it for me today. This has been another episode of You're Probably Right. I am MCM, and I thank you again for joining me. Um, hey, think about passing on this message, this episode, this podcast to your friends, your neighbors, your enemies, your frenemies, people you like, people you don't like, just pass it on. And maybe when I get a Patreon, if I know Patreon works, maybe I'll be asking for a little financial help. So maybe I can do more, more (laughs) in general. I was going to say more better. That sounds horrible. Anyhow, that's it. Take care. Peace out. See you again. Hey, come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. (laughs) I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh uh-oh, yeah, God, self-help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not-so-tough questions, and all the while, understand that, listen, Sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat. Well, that's how it is here. And because there's no topic, well, very few topics off the table. Torontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there. (laughs) Hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting. And hey, maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon.